Welcome to the Commit to Fit podcast with your host, Gina Marie Burke. I am on a mission to help women gain strength and confidence inside the gym so they can thrive in all other areas of life. And on today's episode, my mission actually really aligns with our guest, which is going to be Lauren Rawls at CPT Lauren Fit. You can find her on Instagram. But you are, you guys are in for such an amazing conversation today. We're going to talk about Lauren's mission as a coach. She is an online strength training coach. She works with women specifically. We're going to dive into busting myths about women in fitness, talk about strength training specifics, what makes up a well-rounded strength training program, and a perfect story about a client win she had recently. Hope you guys enjoy. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, but I figured let's just dive into it. Okay. Um, And I think like my first question for guests is always like more about like, let's hear more about like your mission. Like what mission are you on in terms of like your health and fitness coaching company? Like you as a person, tell me more about that. So I originally got into working out because I wanted to be stick thin. Um, I feel like a lot of girls around our, our age when we were younger, the Hollywood like stick thin look was very trendy um, mm-hmm. and I was always built with more curves even since I was younger and I grew up doing gymnastics so I always had more curve on me and I could never just be stick thin and you know eat whatever I want and not gain anything so I was in gymnastics off and on I did volleyball kickboxing I did a lot of random sports growing up Um, And then once high school ended, I was like, well, what do I do now? (laughs) Um, So I had already been in the gym, but it was mostly cardio based. And then I actually got into a relationship with someone who did college football and rugby. So they were used to being in the weight room a lot. Um, And he taught me a lot about weightlifting. And my first reaction was a lot of women's first reaction was like, oh, I don't want to be bulky, though. I don't want to look a certain way. I'm fine though, thank you. Like I'll just stick to my banded jump squats and 30 minutes of cardio and apps. Um, (laughs) Now fast forward to me here and I'm probably lifting much as that guy did when we were dating, which is awesome. Um, (laughs) So my mission is to really just kind of break those stigmas around women in strength training specifically in the gym in general. Um, And when I was in-person training at a commercial gym, that's a lot of my clients had the same mentality of no I don't want to be skinny like I just want to be skinny I don't want to lift weights I don't want to look like a bodybuilder Mm -hmm. um and now I tell my clients like you will never accidentally look like a bodybuilder (laughs) you will never accidentally look like someone who's ready to step on stage (laughs) like you will never happen upon that body um so my mission in my business and specifically with my clientele is breaking that stereotype of women even if you want to be bulky, you can be bulky. Like if you want to have more muscle mass on you and your goal isn't just to be skinny and have a six pack, that is completely okay. Whatever your goal is, I want them to feel like they are empowered to achieve that through whatever means necessary. Um, Obviously, if they're my client, then they are more in the realm of strength training. So kind of just empowering women through lifting weights and letting them know that they are stronger than they think they are. Um, A lot of women come to me And they've never tried PRs before, and they're like, oh my god, I can lift this amount. I'm like, yeah, just wait until the next training block, and let's see how much you can lift then. So it kind of becomes this uh, 
chase of like how strong can I get instead of how skinny can I get and that is like my biggest win as a coach is like they're getting juiced about their numbers going up instead of the scale going up as well I love that and I feel like that's so relatable at least like within my own story too because it was the same of like you have to be skinny and you have to do cardio and do all these like obnoxious exercises with bands and it's just it's not the case and you know once you really dive into weightlifting and you're on like a structured program and you're making those gains like you said it's like so empowering and yeah like you said it becomes less about chasing skinny and more about chasing strong mm-hmm. um so i love that i can totally resonate with that too yeah um and i know we talked about doing like some busting myths and stuff and i know you mentioned one was lifting makes you bulky so what is what are your thoughts on that so i i mean i feel like we're all from especially women in their 20s and 30s like being skinny was the goal for so so long and now that fitness is becoming more of a mainstream thing instead of just a niche for some people um, i think that is starting to take the narrative into a different place of lifting weights will get you the body of your dreams and you can manipulate how bulky you get with nutrition so a lot of people think that the weights is what's going to make you bulky but it's really what you're doing with your nutrition if you're in a surplus yeah you're going to put on some extra fluff and some extra strength if you're at maintenance you can be in that happy medium of strength training and still achieving the aesthetic looks that you want and then if you're in a deficit you're going to get more of that definition and toned look that women um, always come to us for feel like that's the number one word we hear in like on like onboarding calls is like I want to be toned I want to be like this I want to be like that Um, and I really love just saying that you can be all of those things if that's what you really want but just try try strength training and you're going to really want to chase the PRs rather than like going down a pant size which just happens to be one of the non-scale victories that a lot of our clients have is as they go up in weights in their um compound lifts or other movements in the gym, their waist sizes do tend to go down because Mm -hmm. that is the best form of fat loss is to weight train as well, Um, which kind of goes along with that myth of strength training leading to bulkiness when really it's the best way to lose fat because you're burning so much more um, and building muscle at the same time rather than just doing cardio on the other hand. Right, exactly. And I feel like the education behind that is just, it's not quite there yet. And we're, like you said, it's starting to be a little bit more mainstream and the education and the information is we're trying to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like, you know, you're, if you lift weights, you're, the bulk won't come. It's more about your nutrition. And I think that's really where that kind of comes from. And I think you went to through a bulk as well. I did like throughout the winter mm-hmm. and you know, I was eating in a surplus for like four months. And I was like, I've never done this in my entire life. First of all, it's really hard because this is a lot of food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, guys, trust me, like, there's no way you're going to get bulky eating what you're eating. You twice as much to even like, get there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is so funny. But what do you think about you have to do cardio to lose fat? 
Um, well, that is one of the main questions that I get from newer clients or people that are just kind of reaching out to me in the beginning of their fitness journey, and they hear a lot of myths on TikTok or Instagram, or my dad said this, and that's what my parents used to do when they were younger. I'm like, there's first of all, things have changed since your parents have been working out. Like, there's so many myths that have been bust since then. Um, but also like TikTok and Instagram, there are so many, like you can post whatever you want. It can be true or false or whatever. You can make it up mm -hmm. and you can post it. And people who are in the beginning of their fitness journeys, I wouldn't even call them naive. They're just impressionable. Um, and they truly think that that is the best way to achieve the results that they want. Um, and cardio is the number one thing that is marketed towards specifically for women to lose fat. Like there's the Peloton, there's so many other at home things that you can buy just to do cardio. Um, so I always try and lay that foundation early on that cardio is not what makes you lose fat. It's being in a deficit and cardio can help with that. It can be a tool, but it is not the end all be all. Like you can't right. expect to eat whatever you want and do cardio and still lose weight. The nutrition aspect has to be there as well, as well as the weightlifting to create that deficit um, overall. So that is one thing that I stress is that it's a deficit that helps you mm -hmm. not just cardio. And if you start doing 45 minutes of cardio a day, at some point your body is going to adapt and to be in a deficit, you're going to have to do even more cardio than that. So mm -hmm. clients are always surprised if they're like, oh, but I'm in a deficit. How many days of cardio should I be doing? I'm like, well, right now we're just doing daily steps. So just, you know, right. cardio will come if needed down the road, but don't worry about that. Um, so I feel like it kind of calms a lot of nerves once you kind of help them realize that cardio isn't the end-all be-all way to lose weight. And to be honest, like no one, very few people enjoy doing cardio. Right. So it's kind of like a, a relief to some of my newer clients. They're like, oh, that's awesome. All I have to do is just focus on tracking macros and I can lose the fat without cardio. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's what we love about macro-based nutrition. Well, this one also kind of goes back to nutrition. It's like, if you want like, let's focus on your nutrition first, it's not going to be the cardio. Mm -hmm. And at least like I, what I found is to do cardio, like all of the time before I started really getting into weightlifting. And once I like stopped doing cardio and I was just on steps, I'm going to do my weights and that's, what's going to happen. It's like your body responds really, really well. If you've been used to because the amount of stress I think I was putting on my body and sometimes I see with my clients it's like you run six miles a day that is so much stress on your body and your hormones and you can't even you know lose fat even if you wanted to when you get to a just in like this flight mode all of the time um but what other fitness myths do you have that you wrote down so and, uh, besides being bulky, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, but feeling like you are going to to feel more masculine or be mm -hmm. more masculine the stronger you get, or if you even decide to go from curling five pounds to 10 pounds or from 10 pounds to 20, or even starting to explore the compound lifts. I know a lot of women who are afraid to do deadlifts or squats or bench press, like specifically upper body movements because they're like, but that's like very masculine. It's a very manly thing to do. Um, and I always kind of combat that with, well, we both have, like every person has feminine and masculine energy in them, no matter what. 
Um, so that's not a very good excuse to not do something because we both, like every person encapsules both masculine and feminine energy. And just because something is labeled as masculine doesn't mean that you aren't entitled to do that as well. Um, that kind of goes into the thing of feeling gym intimidation if you're the only woman in the weight section. Um, you kind of feel like all of that testosterone is just around you and you're just like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't want to be here. But you are just as entitled as all of those other guys to be in that weight room as they are. Like, there is no reason that you as a woman can't be in there, even if you're lif lifting less than them or the same as them or whatever. Um, like, you are just as entitled as them to be in that weight room. And then circling that back to being more masculine, um, it's not always a bad thing to be strong, to be physically mm -hmm. strong. Like that is a power. Like that is another way to be empowered that you can do things on your own. You can go grocery shopping, grab all the bags on your own. You can, mm -hmm. you know, help move yourself into a different place and be the one carrying boxes. And you don't only, always right. need someone to be there and help you with those things. Um, so I always find it, that's like one of my favorite oppositions to women's strength training is that they're going to be too manly or too too something too much of something because that's mm -hmm. something that we hear a lot of there's always something that women are going to be too much of too opinionated too bossy too aggressive too manly whatever and I personally love that that makes me feel like excuse my language but like a badass bitch oh, because yeah. like, I can do exactly what you can do and that is my power Right. Because you're telling, there's a lot of myths that saying I can't be that strong or it's not a woman's place to be that physically strong. Um, but that is what I personally love about it. Oh my God, absolutely. And I like how you kind of help your clients reframe it in this, like every single person has masculine and feminine energy. Like the guys have feminine just as much, at, maybe not just as much, obviously, but kind of looking at it from that lens I think is really cool. Um, and then also how it does promote more of like this independence within women and, you know, really empowers us to do stuff on your own. Like you said, like when I moved, like I moved all on my own and I was completely able to lift all the boxes and everything mm -hmm. like that. And that's like one of those independent things that feels really good. And yeah, I feel like it's just like also breaking a lot of the stigma in the past of like when gyms first opened, it was like women are like over here in the group like, just doing like body weight things and like men are up there on the platforms using barbells and stuff like that. And it was like that for so long. And I remember my, my mom was really into weightlifting as well. And she would go to the gym and it was the same thing. Like she'd be lifting weights, but she'd be like the only one in there. And even like this was like what 20 years ago maybe <laughs> who knows um but she told me she's actually one of my clients and she told me every time she goes to the gym now it's like 80 percent women that are lifting weights and it's like the coolest thing she's ever seen because she's like now just getting back into weightlifting after like probably 10 years off of doing it um and I think it is really cool that we are kind of starting to move in that direction and like almost, you know, as coaches be like a catalyst for some of that change that we're start starting to see. Um, Especially when it comes from like a more traditional aspect, like when you get women that are from families that are more traditionally traditionally in that role of gender roles or gender, gender stereotypes and you're mm -hmm. able to kind of break them from that 
like, oh, my mom wants me to lose weight or, you know, like I work, I'm Hispanic and I work with a couple Hispanic girls and women who are like, oh, my mom always says that I need to lose weight. They always say like, I keep my weight in my stomach, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but your main focus should not only be to lose weight because someone said so. If you're happy in the body that you're in, then you don't need to do anything to it. Um, And I think that is so, that's something that unlocks their potential and their inner confidence that they don't know that they had. Um, is just being around people who support their goals and being with a coach who can help them, like you say, be a catalyst to change that mindset as well. Right, exactly. I love that. Um, Well, let's get into talking more about, I guess, like specific strength training programs, because I think, you know, something we hear all the time is like, you know, I go to the gym, but I just have no idea what to do. And, you know, you can go to like bodybuilding.com and like, you know, try and piece together some sort of a workout, follow what's online. But I think at the end of the day, it's really hard for people that don't study fitness, study nutrition, study health at all, just go to the gym and know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess like my question for you would be like, what makes up a well-rounded strength program for your clients? So I have a variety of clients that work out anywhere from three to five days a week. Um, depending on their job, their family situation, uh, just busy life things. I have clients who are just their first time strength training ever, and they're coming from a more cardio-based working workout system. Um, so I always start them on three days, especially if they're brand new, just to make sure that they're getting the adequate rest that they need to. Obviously, you can't throw someone who hasn't been in the gym in five years into a five-day split and expect them to... <laughs> succeed. (laughs) So three days, um, full body day split is usually what I give to clients who are new in the gym, have a busy schedule. And that's the only, that's the amount of time a week that they have to give to working out. So Mm -hmm. a three day full body split usually looks like something like having all six compound lifts spread out throughout those days and full body. So you're doing upper and lower and then accessory work that helps improve the strength of your compound lift. So that could look like squats on one day with then overhead press. And then that is a lot of energy to exert on those two lower and upper body lifts. So then we'll go into more accessory work that will help them. Um, So we'll keep that with like maybe Bulgarians and then one to two more upper body exercises that help with shoulder strength. So seated shoulder press or lateral raises, something like that. Um, But I do try and keep all of them very simple, especially Mm -hmm. if we have someone who's newer to the gym that's easy for them to get overwhelmed. So we want to make sure that we're giving them adequate rest and just enough to kind of dip their toe into strength training because it is intimidating to pick up a barbell if you haven't ever done that in your life before. So a three-day split is more than enough. Um, And even if you never work up to five days, three days is enough to see results, especially with Mm -hmm. strength training, because you are giving your body that adequate rest that it needs and not putting extra stressors on it by doing other things. Um, My biggest thing would be focusing on compound lifts first in your workout. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, but I I do squats, but it's kind of like my third or fourth exercise. Or I'll do bench press, but I'll do it more as like a burnout. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. great if that's the style of training that you enjoy and your goal is not to gain strength in your compound movements. Um, No hate to anyone who does that at all. But if your goal is to 
progress strength-wise in your compound movements, then putting them at the very beginning of your workout is going to give you the best results and benefits because you're not wasting your energy on other workouts before that. Um, you're putting all of your energy and I like to, most people say you're going in fresh, like you're fresh, that's your lift because your body is warmed up because you did your warm up, but it's not exhausted because you didn't start with bicep curls or lateral raises or whatever other exercise. Um, so always doing compound lifts first and then supporting that with exercises that directly correlate to that. So dumbbell or other barbell movements. I try and stay away from machines just because they do a lot of the stabilizing for you. Um, and if you're newer, if you have an injury, that is a great option. But if your goal is to progress in strength training, um, you want to be able to stabilize your body on your own. And dumbbell and barbell movements are going to be the best for that because you still have to engage your core. You still have to make sure that your footing is right. Even on bench press, like your feet do a lot. Your leg drive is helping you get that bar up. So compound lifts, it's a compound. You're using a lot of different muscles to help get that bar up or pull that bar up, whatever you're doing. Um, so just making sure you're doing the best exercises to support that main lift. Right. I love how you explained it so great um, in such like simple terms that I feel like a lot of people can understand. Thank you. Um, yeah, going off of that. So of course, like as our clients move through their program, they're not lifting the same exact weight every single week. And we talk about progressive overload a, a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you describe progressive overload with your clients, especially, you know, now that it's online, them to like hand them the weight and tell them we're going to try this one. Because I found that um, that's something that comes up every single week in check-ins as we, you know, want to progress our clients to, you know, of course, lift more. But what's kind of, you know, your explanation behind progressive overload? So I always say progressive overload is exactly how it sounds. You are progressively overloading a certain movement. So I always give them one exercise to focus on as an example. So my favorite is squat. Usually I'll use squat just because that is like enjoyable for me to talk about. So mm -hmm. let's say you're doing squat. Let's say you just start off with the bar. It's a 45 pound bar. You Maybe you do a five sets of five to help build your strength. Um, that's your first week is you're just doing five by five with the bar. The next week, maybe you are going to add two and a half pounds on each side or a five pound on each side, whatever you have you. That is progressively overloading with weight, just adding on extra weight. And I feel like that is the most mainstream way people think of progressive overload is just adding more weight every week. But if we could add more weight every week, all of us would be strong as hell. That's sometimes just not gonna happen, especially for upper body where there's smaller muscle groups like shoulders. There's no way that I could go up in dumbbells every week for my shoulder press. That's just not gonna happen. So what do right. we do next? We're gonna try and squeeze out one extra rep on every set that we have. So let's say week one, we do 25 pounds um, for shoulder press. Then week two, we're gonna try 25 pounds again for three sets of six. And maybe on that last set of six, you're able to squeeze out one more. Or maybe the whole, three sets, you're able to squeeze out a three by seven instead of a three by six. And you are still progressively overloading because your muscle is still being pushed past what you think are its limits. Right. I love that. That's such a great explanation. Um, and I like touching on like the different ways that we can actually progressively overload. Cause like you said, you can, if we upped our weight every single week, like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. We'd be all be so strong. 
Like, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's like, it really is just like one more rep or one more like set or something. And mm-hmm. I think as you like get into the nitty gritty of it, where, you know, you're like, okay, last time I like benched 95 pounds for like 10 reps, like, that was a couple of weeks ago. Let me see if I can do 12. And like, you know, kind of just looking at your numbers, um, which kind of brings me into my next question with how important it is to track your progress in the gym. And I'm sure with your clients, you have like a software like Trainerize, like I do, that makes it super duper easy. Um, Do you use that for yourself or how do you track your own lifts to make sure that you're also following progressive overload? So one of the benefits of having a fitness Instagram is that I post most of my workouts and just due to, um, I guess people wanting to know the weight that is on the bar. Um, cause sometimes it's difficult to count the weight on the bar when you're watching someone's video. So just having it written down in the captions is a little bit easier. Just even if it's out of sheer curiosity and you don't want to see if you can lift that weight, people just want to know what you're lifting. So I started writing out my full workouts and then for my top lifts, um, I would put the weight that I had my working set at, which is usually the video that I show um, within Mm -hmm. that workout video. So that is a great tool for me because I am so bad at writing down weights. So being able to post my workouts is a huge help. Um, Other than that, I record most of my videos or most of my working sets, even if I don't post them, um, just for form check wise, um, I'll look back and be like, oh, I didn't even notice that my hips shot up before my knees did on that deadlift. That's something to work on. Or my chest would be more upright or something like that. Um, So I always film my working sets, whether I post the video or not. Um, And then if I don't do that, and if it's a workout that I want to focus more on, then I'll write it down in my notes. Um, So that's just one way that I do it. I have like a notes on my phone, a different note for every compound lift. And I just write down what my working set was, what my weight was, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff and how it felt. So um, most women, the week before your period, you feel weaker. Um, and that's kind of like a mind fuck sometimes when you're like, wait, but this is my warm up set that felt great last week. And now this week, this is my working set. Like what's going on? So a lot of times you kind of panic because you're like, am I losing strength? Like what happened? What did I do differently right now? Um, so keeping track of your weight and also just knowing being in tune with your body enough to know, oh, my period's probably coming soon, or I didn't get enough sleep or I'm really stressed out knowing what those stressors are can influence within your workout are also really important just for your mental sanity. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you don't go crazy or like think you're losing um, that progress. Long story short, in my notes section and posting my videos is how I keep track of my own weights used and then my clients use Trainerize as well and send me form check videos. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, I do the same thing with keeping everything in my notes. Um, and it's like, if someone were to go into my notes, they'd be like, dude, what even is this? But I'm like, dude, it makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how trainerized when you're like checking your clients, it actually, you know, it can give you the week by week snapshot. It can give you like, you know, graphs for, for all of your specific exercises too. So I'm like, my clients have it really good. <laughs> it's super easy. Yeah. Um, but then in my mind, I'm like, no, I just like notes. <laughs> 
I know. I'm to the point where I'm like, do I just add myself as my own client on my trainer eye so I can keep track of it? <laughs> oh my god. I actually so um I did a test account with like my other email to do some like walkthrough videos and I was like, wait, should I just use same thing? I'm like, wait, should I just use this account from now on? Like, yeah. that, makes, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> Yeah, I have my boyfriend, he has a spot on my trainer eyes so that he can do that too, so. Right, I love that. It's definitely a little little hack. Um, But yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest things because one of my clients will always tell you I have a phrase when they send me form check videos. Um, I have a client who is notorious for underestimating her strength. Um, Mm -hmm. So she sends me form check videos. I'm like, that was so easy. Like, what are you doing? That looked so easy. And that's your first set of deadlifts. Like, that should, like, you looked like that was your warm-up set. Like, go heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one thing that I love to do is just kind of challenge them to go for that weight that scares them, obviously in a safe way. But go to the weights that scare them mentally. Like, if you are able to do a 5 by 5 at 185 for deadlifts, and that's a breeze, then you should go and try 205. Maybe right. you don't get the whole five by five with it. Maybe you get a four by five and that's still great. That's still a lot heavier than you did last week. And that is a confidence boost because now you know that you can at least lift that weight off the floor for X amount of reps. Exactly. I think that's such an underrated part of like pushing yourself in the gym is also like building your confidence. Um, and also like when you are going for PRs, it is kind of like a mental game. Cause you're like, I have, never been here before like this is a weight I've never put on my back um mm-hmm. like can I even do this and I think for me when especially when I was bulking and I was really trying to gain strength in my squat specifically I'm like I'm putting weight on the bar that I've never done before like this is terrifying and half the time I could do it and half the time I would just psych myself out in my head and I think that it's so crazy that it's still it's a mental game but on the flip side it's like even when you are just going up in weight, you're like, oh man, like I've never done that before. Like Mm -hmm. I just pushed myself an extra 20 pounds and like that one actually almost felt easy. Like maybe I could go a little bit more. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. It's, It's also so empowering because a lot of the times you're working or a lot of people are working out alone and they're adding that weight by themselves. And like to see clients film a PR when no one else is around them is so empowering. Like you did all of that. You loaded the bar by yourself. You went into the gym by yourself. You did that squat or that whatever lift by yourself and you hit a weight that you've never done before. And I put, put that into that, those words for them. And they're like, Oh wow, you're right. Like I really did all of that by myself, step by step. And it's not just you adding five pounds to your squat. Like that's you doing something that you've never done before all on your own. Um, And I think that is so cool and underrated about strength training for women, especially Um, we're kind of women are used to being in like clicks all the time and being able to Mm -hmm. do something completely on your own that you've never done before is so exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the way that you phrase things when you're talking to your clients. It's like it's you sound like an amazing coach. I'm sure obviously you are. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, damn, I should hire you. I, yeah, I really try and take the little things that people breeze over and make that a big deal because the reality is you're not going to be hitting PRs every week. You're not going to feel your best every single workout. So like enjoy those little things that 
are really awesome. Like you've added 10 pounds to your squat. Maybe that's just five pounds on each side, but that is still a weight that you've never done before that you never thought that you could do. I have that client who notoriously underestimates herself. She never thought that she would lift 200 pounds of anything ever. She's like right. 200 pounds of something like on my body that I did that. Um, and she is on uh, all of her lifts, like squat, deadlift, hip thrust, all of that is over 200 pounds. And she's now like in the 300s. And she's like, I can't believe that I am doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just the beauty of like going past what you think that you can do, especially in the gym. Like it kind of seems minuscule to some people like oh you just lifted a new weight congrats but that is a huge deal for some people like they never thought that they could ever be capable of that and so as that is a part of my job as their coach is to celebrate those little things even if it is just adding two and a half pounds to each side like that is something you've never done before right I love it you're like their number one hype woman it's amazing Yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I feel like I've learned so much from you. Um, Thank you. I figured let's end on like a high note since we obviously love talking about our clients. Um, Do you want to share any like non-gym, non-scale victories that your clients have had recently and you want to hype them up for? Yeah, let's see. I always feel like a proud mom. Like when I'm talking about my clients, um, I like somehow find a way to work them into any conversation I'm having. And it's just like, yeah, it's hilarious. I love it because people know how much we love our clients by how much we talk about them. Um, I have a girl who came to me with great timing, by the way, her wedding is in November and we started working together in February. So props to her for coming in that early and knowing that she needed to start that early rather than coming to me in September and be like, Hey, we got two months. What are we going to do? Um, and she thought that we were going to be in a deficit the whole time of when she came with to me in February. Cause she, her goal was to lose weight for her wedding and feel confident in her wedding dress. And I was like, no, we can't stay in a deficit that long. It's not going to be good for you long-term. Um, so what we're going to do is reverse you, back to maintenance, then we'll go into one deficit, reverse you back to maintenance again, and then right before your wedding, we'll go back into a deficit. So over the span of however many months we've been together, we've reversed twice, and we've gone into a deficit once. Um, And she is down from a size 11 in jeans to a size 8 in jeans, and she hasn't been that since before her two kids. Um, So, yeah which is a huge step, not only confidence wise, but like you are swimming in your clothes that fit you a couple months ago or Mm -hmm. a handful of months ago. Like that is so empowering because she did that on her own. She made the choice to come to me and hire me as a coach, but she also goes to the gym five days a week, tracks her macros, talks to me whenever there's something that she doesn't understand, sends me form check videos. Like she is showing up for herself in the best way possible and making sure that she hits that goal of feeling confident in her wedding dress. Oh my God. I love that. That's such a good story. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I loved talking to Lauren. I think she has a lot of knowledge to bring to the table and so happy we were able to bring her on as a guest. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating or a review. Send to a friend that you think might find some value out of this episode. And you can find Lauren on Instagram. Her handle is at CPT Lauren Fit, and I'll link her in the show notes.